This is Parliament Watch from the Hindu, a podcast tracking the heartbeat of Indian democracy. Hi, today is Friday, July the 22nd. My name is Saptaparna Ghosh and I welcome you to yet another episode of the Parliament Watch podcast by The Hindu. Here are the top developments from the fourth day of the monsoon session. NDA candidate Draupadi Murmu would be succeeding Ramnath Kovind as India's 15th president. This is after she defeated opposition candidate Yashwan Sinha with 64% of valid votes landing in her favour. The now president-elect Draupadi Murmu received 2,824 votes or 6,76,803 worth value, while Mr. Sinha received 1,877 votes or 3,80,177 worth value. The incumbent president Ramnath Kovind's tenure concludes on the 24th of July. Ms. Murmu would take her oath on the 25th of July. Joining me here is our deputy editor Sandeep Fukan to offer a perspective on how the elections panned out and what is its significance. The results of the presidential polls are out and Draupadi Murmu is going to be the 15th president of India. She will not only be the first woman from the Adivasi community to occupy the highest constitutional post but also the youngest at 64 years of age. Incidentally, that is also the winning vote percentage for Ms. Murmu, 64%. Her story isn't just about a person from modest background making it to the highest public office, but it is also one of resilience after suffering personal tragedies like losing her two young sons and her husband. The numbers were always stacked against the opposition candidate Yashwan Sinha, but in the end, 126 MLAs from as many as 17 states cross-voted in favour of Murmu. In fact, the choice of Mr. Sinha itself was marred in uh, controversy as three of the earlier chosen candidates by the opposition parties had dropped out. First, it was Sharad Pawar who was not keen to contest uh, as the uh, opposition candidate in the presidential polls. Then Farooq Abdullah also declined to accept the offer and eventually Gopal Krishna Gandhi also rejected the opposition offer. It was Mr. Sinha who accepted the challenge knowing fully well that the numbers were against him, yet he chose to put up a strong fight. Congratulating the president-elect, Mr. Sinha said that he hoped she would be the custodian of the constitution without fear or favour. In his statement, he also thanked the opposition parties for coming together on one platform to support him and pleaded that they should continue this trend in the future as well. There is also a politics of representation for the BJP that chose a tribal candidate after Ramnath Kovind, who is from the Dalit community. Such decisions will only help the BJP in projecting itself as a party that believes in empowerment and against the politics of entitlement. Draupadi Murmu's candidature also fits in very well with the long-term project of the Sangh Parivar or the Rashtriya Swayam Sevak Sangh RSS to reach out uh, to the tribal community that have long been seen as a community that votes for the principal opposition party, the Congress. 
with Draupadi Murmu's candidature, BJP can now argue that they are the party that has given the country's first tribal president. Thanks, Sandeep. Let us now move on to what happened in the Lok Sabha. After three consecutive days of disruptions, the lower house did manage to conduct the question R, which was briefly adjourned and reconvened again. Even as the house reconvened, opposition members continued to shout slogans against price rise and the Enforcement Directorate, or the ED, summoning Congress President Sonia Gandhi for questioning in a money laundering case. Union Minister for Parliamentary Affairs Pralhad Joshi questioned if the opposition benches wanted the House to function or not, particularly referring to the Congress. Mr. Joshi reminded that the Treasury bench had agreed for a discussion on price rights once Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman, who had recently contracted COVID-19, recovers. Post-lunch, Minister for Earth Sciences Dr. Jitender Singh urged that the Indian Antarctica Bill 2022 be deferred for the next day since the opposition benches had staged a walkout earlier. He reiterated that the bill was important and could not be passed without discussion. Despite the protests, the Lok Sabha, however, did table some important written replies. The Minister of Power and New and Renewable Energy, R.K. Singh, informed that the total coal stock available with thermal power plants had increased to 28.3 million tons as on 14th July. He added that the present stock is sufficient to run the thermal power plants for an average 10 days at an 85% plant load factor. Moreover, during the June end quarter, plants had supplied 400.65 billion units of energy in comparison to a requirement of 404.76 billion units. According to Mr. Singh, the observed gap could be owing to multiple factors other than inadequacy of power availability in the country. These could be due to constraints in distribution network, commercial or financial reasons, or forced outage of generating units. Minister for Housing and Urban Affairs Hardeep Singh Puri put forth that 122.69 lakh houses have been sanctioned under the Pradhan Mantri Avas Yojana Urban up till the 31st of March this year. Of these, 101.94 lakh had been grounded for construction, of which 61.15 lakh were completed and delivered to the beneficiaries. Completion of projects usually take between one and three years depending on the vertical. The scheme was announced in June 2015 to provide pakka houses with basic amenities to all eligible beneficiaries. He asked that states and union territories expedite the construction of sanctioned houses so that all houses are completed within the stipulated timelines. Now let's turn our focus to what happened in the Rajya Sabha. My colleague Priyali Prakash is here to tell us more on the same. Over to you Priyali. The Rajya Sabha managed to hold a brief discussion on one of the bills listed for consideration on Thursday. But overall, it was yet another day of disruptions and adjournments. The upper house was adjourned twice before lunch as opposition members continued to protest against inflation and GST hikes. Chairman M. Venkaya Naidu ordered that the names of MPs carrying placards should be added in the house bulletin with remarks that the chair disapproved their actions. 
The House started a discussion on the Weapons of Mass Destruction and their Delivery Systems Amendment Bill 2022 after lunch, and several members, including Professor Manoj Kumar Jha and Prakash Javadekar, spoke in its favor. Professor Jha said that India has been vulnerable since the Second World War and also raised concerns about the possibility of using cryptocurrency for illegal activities. The House was adjourned shortly afterwards as V. Murli Dharan, the Minister of State for Parliamentary Affairs, suggested the government wish to pass the bill with the participation of the opposition. A few interesting issues were raised through written replies on Thursday. Responding to questions on former BJP national spokesperson Nupur Sharma's comments against Prophet Muhammad and the subsequent summons to Indian ambassadors, the centre said that she made the remark in an individual capacity and it does not reflect the view of the government of India. In his reply, Minister of State for the External Affairs Ministry V. Murli Dharan said that India accords highest respect to all religions in line with its civilizational heritage and cultural traditions. A written reply by Minister of Information and Broadcasting Anurag Thakur revealed that the government has spent a total of more than 986 crore rupees on advertisements in the last five years. Responding to another question on internet shutdowns, Mr. Thakur said that the temporary suspension of telecom or internet services is undertaken by state authorities and the government does not maintain centralized data on internet shutdowns. The recent lowering of interest rate on Employee Provident Fund or EPF was also taken up. Minister of State for Labour and Employment Rameshwar Teli said that the EPF interest rate is dependent on the income received by the organization from its investments and they are distributed in accordance with the EPF scheme of 1952. He also added that there is no proposal to reconsider it for the current financial year. That's all from the Rajya Sabha on Thursday. Right. Thanks, Priyali. And now, for the fact of the day. 30.95 crore. That is the number of domestic LPG consumers in the country of Indian oil, Bharat Petroleum and Hindustan Petroleum combined as on 1st June. There were 30.53 crore consumers on the year which ended on the 1st of April 2022. That is a 5.46% increase on a year-over-year basis. That's it from the Parliament Watch today. For more such analysis and real-time updates on the monsoon session, do head to our website www.thehindu.com or download our app. Subscribe to The Hindu online to get unlimited access to all updates and exclusive content such as detailed explanations on the upcoming bills, expert analysis and comments from our journalists and contributors. Until next time, it's a wrap. Thanks for listening.